This scripture reading is from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning with the first verse. So listen to what Jesus has to say to us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very true, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. Here ends the reading. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Sure, Jesus. Sure. Um... My friends are out of work, living on unemployment, maybe. People are standing in lines around the corner to get food from the food bank. There are people of color being killed, we think primarily because they're people of color. There's still wars and discriminations that are going on even in the midst of a, of a pandemic that is worldwide. I'm stuck at home. My children aren't behaving very well. Well, in fact, I'm not behaving very well. And you say, Lord, don't let your hearts be troubled. What are we to do with this? Because there is so much that's troubling, troubling in the world. And we can allow that to weigh on us. We can allow it to pull us down. We can allow it to dampen the spirit that is in us. We can allow it to make us angry and anxious and fearful. 
We can allow it to affect the way that we interact with our neighbors. We can allow it to cause our minds to start believing every crackpot theory that's out there about what's really happening around us. We can allow our troubled hearts to take us down paths and roads that aren't helpful, which is mostly what we're likely to do. And so oftentimes it's because we are looking at things from the world's perspective. From the perspective of what success means for us. And we can allow our perspective to cover up all of these things that are so troubling. And I think that's part of what's been happening in in this pandemic is for a lot of people, it's uncovering some things that we've just been mostly trying to be blind to. The disparities between rich and poor. The ways that certain cultures are not very integrated or don't have much respect for each other, even within our own country. The way that we actually treat our neighbors if they don't look like us act like us, earn as much money as us, or earn a lot more money than us. We've allowed our perspective to lead us to troubled hearts now because things have just been seemingly turned over. A switch has been flipped. Do not let your hearts be troubled. But what is it that we're to do. Well, the world would have all kinds of answers, right? Like, we, we've got to get businesses open. We've, we've got to get this. We've got to do that. We've got to work on this. We've got to work on that. All of these things. There's all these answers that, that the world would have for us. But Jesus, Jesus sort of cuts through all of this, and it just, it feels a little too simple, doesn't it? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. What does that mean, Jesus? What does that mean? What? What? How how do we? How do we? How do we allow ourselves to trust and believe in you when we see things that are going so far astray from what we think things ought to be? How do we trust in that? Well, in the scripture passage from John, Jesus has been talking about the fact that he's going to be killed, that he's going to go away. And, and that's the message that he is giving to the disciples is to reassure them that even though he's going away, he is still going to be present with them in a way and that they will be reunited at one time. And so we often read this at funerals. <laughs> Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. But we're not so what I've told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. He's just assuring them that they're not going to be left orphaned. And many people read this as, oh, well, we just trust that, that, you know, we're going to go to heaven someday and we're going to be with God and everything will be all right. And... That is part of the message, is that at some end time, after we die, or when, when it all is made right in the end of time, on that great judgment day, that God will be all in all, and all of us will be together. 
with God and we will know all things and, and we will be able to share in that great feast that is there. And that is very reassuring to some people. But some people have taken that and said, well, we just need to, we just need to be in a little enclave and we need to make sure that we're covering our bases and we, so that we can get taken to heaven. But I think the rest of the scripture, if you read the arc of the scripture throughout the entire story of God's people with God, from the Old Testament to the New, what we see is that, is that God's people who trust and believe in God were not, called, were not called to stand back away from the world. We're not called to separate themselves from the rest of the world and what is happening in the rest of the world. That we are called into the world. That Jesus as the way, he is the way, he is the, the Greek word there is the way, the road, the journey. He is the way, he is the path that we follow into the world. Because that's where Jesus came to. Jesus came into our world. As it says in the message translation, God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus took up residence with us and came to the world to bring God's message of love and hope and grace and redemption for all people. And so for those of us who've been, who've been captured by that message, been captured by that message, we, we put ourselves, we put our heart and our soul and our bodies and our minds into following the way and the truth and the life. We follow him and we seek out truth. And wherever we find truth, we find Jesus. And we find truth in places where there is love shared, where there is gratitude, where there is generosity, where there is an understanding that each and every person is valuable and loved, no matter what they look like, no matter what their abilities or disabilities are, no matter what the color of their skin is. That God is seeking to draw them into a love relationship of trust and care and redemption and salvation. And when we have that kind of mindset, then this other scripture comes, comes into play, right? Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. As we follow the way, the truth, and life, we are continuing to take in all that God is teaching us and showing us. And we're being very careful about the perspectives that we, that we are looking at and we are, we're, we're trying to learn more and more about what it is God would have us do in this time and in this place. Even though in our scriptures we're looking at ancient kinds of situations, we're seeking to discern from that what God would have us do now. And we do that by trusting the Holy Spirit. In our Presbyterian church, we, we say that we're reformed, but always being reformed by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. And so what that means is that we need to constantly be allowing God to renew our mind and our heart and our soul in order that we might come to Him as that living stone to be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer our lives as sacrifices, even though that word seems very strange to us, but, but I would say as gifts acceptable to God through Jesus. And that as we give our lives 
to Christ. We come under the care of the architect. Because I love thinking about the stone masonry part of this as living stones. Michelangelo said, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before I start my work. It is already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. It's already there within the marble block. I just have to take away what is not essential. And so as I thought about being built into a spiritual house, allowing God to build us, architect is two Greek words, architecton. An ark is like the chief one or, or, or the overarching one. And tecton is the artist, really. So he's the chief artist. And that's why, like architects, architects are great at seeing the whole picture and putting it all together and making it beautiful and, and seeing what can be taken, whether they're a landscape architect or a commercial architect, whatever that is, they can see things. They're taught to see what you and I might not be able to see. And they can see that. But most of them are not necessarily great tectons. Artists, meaning in terms of the actual physical building of that thing. They can tell you how it ought to look and how it might be built, but they aren't necessarily the ones who have honed their skills in such a way to make it happen. To take away what is essential and to have that idea come to life. And so the stonemason, Jesus, is really the one who takes his tools through the Holy Spirit to remove in us what is not essential, to reveal what God sees in us, which is that we are a holy priesthood, that we are God's people. And that because we are held in God, the things of the world that trouble us, we should not be troubled by. We should be troubled by these disparities and all of that, but not troubled, but we ought to, be, we ought to look at that and to say, we can do something about this. We can put our bodies in those places. We can put our resources in those places. We can be built together into a spiritual house that forms a movement to change things, to come alongside of God's vision for what the world and the universe is supposed to be. And I just, in this image of this living spiritual house, is again, it is not separated from the material. The spiritual and the material are held together in God. It is God who sustains and redeems all of it. And one stone One stone does not make a house. We need each other. Yes, starting with those in our community of faith, but we need each other, everyone in the community. And if this pandemic is ought to be teaching us anything, it is that that is just a fundamental truth. That we need each other to care for each other, to take care of each other, to encourage each other, to help each other find jobs, to help each other find new purpose and new life as things begin to change and to open up. So can we allow God to use us? Can we allow God 
through Jesus Christ to strip away what is not essential to help us become who God has called us to be. And that is a lifelong process. Walking the way, searching for the truth, being filled with the life of the Spirit does not end ever. And that is the eternal life of God because as Jesus is the life, we participate in the very being of God. Brothers and sisters, we have a new birth into a living hope in Jesus Christ. And our call is for our hearts not to be troubled, but to proclaim and to perform the mighty acts of God. Jesus said, not only will you do the things that I did, but you will do greater things than these. Can we set aside our troubled hearts and can we be built into a spiritual house to serve our neighbor, to love God, to learn to love ourselves. We have been set apart to bless the universe. Will we be built into that spiritual house? And can we not let our hearts be troubled? Will we believe in God and believe also in Jesus? Amen.